kind of crazy because uh, you know we had been kind of flushing my own toilet, trying to flood my cell. That's just flooding my own home, and that's not that feels badly because I have to clean it up. And the floors go get all wrong, and I gotta get new new fucking tiles. Now in the floors here, go. Now like, I got them. Now I got a mold problem. The floors go like this; they're all wobbly and stuff. It's weird. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. How are you doing, Henry? Anything? Oh man, I'm doing good. I uh, I watched Benjamin Button for the first time not that long ago, and then I watched it about five more times after I finished it the first time. How you fucking love that movie? How man. did you? How did you love? Uh, how did you love uh, a, a white man? Raised uh, with special powers, raised by a black lady with special powers, just to raise a white man with special powers. How'd you like she, that? He didn't have special powers. He was he was cursed. He was he cursed. Was, That's special yeah. powers. Yeah, you know I mean That's special. I don't know. I don't know about that. He. I just like. I just like the old button. I like the old shriveled like old baby button. You know. Yeah. That was. I want. I wish they made plush toys of old baby button. I want one. So he just. He just. He just was like, just in the. And wait, he was old, right? But he had the yeah. mind of a young person, right? Yes, yes. So, and then like, he met he was met old girl, right? That was uh-huh. like his his girlfriend, his wife, yeah, his yeah. love of his life, and then uh, and then got young, and then she got old, and then yep. like at every level they was having sexual sex. Yeah, I mean, I don't know nice about time. every level. They had that like brief meeting in the middle to where they were yeah. like, it was it was cool for a second, but there was and then a, there they was like attention. really fell in was love. Was there attention? And then they and then they passed. It's gotta be weird other. at first because it was like this is a pedophile thing. Yeah, there there was that scene where he goes under the the sheets with her, and like he doesn't understand because in his mind he's a child and she's also a child, and that's cool. And then, like, some old lady comes out, and she's like, get out from out of the sheets. And she turns to Benjamin Button and is like, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Well, But it's like she didn't know that he was really a child inside, you know? Well, I don't have shame because I am from New Orleans, and people from New Orleans don't have shame. That's what she didn't there know about go. Benjamin Button. You know what I mean? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I, didn't, I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> I kind of knew that. Love New Orleans. Ridiculous place. <laughs> it's a city, city built on sin. And a, uh, I appreciate that. Sin you know? and sin and carbs, baby. With yeah. Some people would say with the sin. <laughs> Don't forget. Yep. You yep. know what I mean? Okay. So Henry, today we're gonna we're gonna finish part two. Sam Houston, where did we That's leave right. off at? We left off. He had just been inaugurated president of the New Republic of Texas. And so the next step in the, I guess, trajectory of Texas is to get it annexed into the Union, because we know it eventually happens, but how does it happen? Where, so is on, this where the guns happen? This where all well, the, the guns? Gun, the, gu- the guns well, have the- always been happening. We've always had guns. Guns is, is ubiquitous in Texas history, for sure. Is it just all the, okay, so the, all the guns, are the, like we, when, the, when the Spaniards came over, they're just like, yo, this place is rich in guns, let's so put it on the uh-huh. map. We just yes, we were mining the guns yeah. out of the quarries. You know, we yeah. have the AK, the AK quarries uh-huh. of of West Texas uh-huh. is really what what put this place on the map. Yeah, I mean, and we need we we need them in the union. You know, in the natural tiger populations of Texas, also yes, the tigers absolutely. and the guns. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay, that's yeah, That's what All you right. come to Texas for, you know, for large tigers. <laughs> <laughs> So December 8th of 1836, in Jackson's last annual message to Congress, because he's on his way out, he says that racist, while he racist, sympathizes racist, with racist, the cause racist. of Texas... I'm sorry, I got to say it under while you, while you, while you speak. So that's I'm fine. Sure. That's fine. No, racist, he, he totally was. He was awful. Yeah. Racist, racist, racist. So he sympathizes racist. with the Texas cause. Racist. 
he can't so risk racist. annexation racist. at this time racist, because racist. he's like racist, fearful racist, of a war racist, being racist, brought racist, out between hair, the United racist, States and Mexico. I don't know about good hair, man. Good his hair. hair, his hair was pretty crappy. Yes, good hair. I mean, I mean, I think it, I don't really, I don't really know white hair. It was so, bad. So Calhoun's, mean, Calhoun's was worse, but Calhoun's. Jackson's also, also not the model. No for, dude with for, Calhoun for is is killing it. I'm just gonna tell you that right no, now. No, <laughs> no, he was, yeah, he was also, he was even like probably worse than Jackson. But Jackson is saying that he can't really risk annexation at this time because he's fearful of like sparking another war with Mexico and like he just went through the nullification crisis during his presidency which was against like Calhoun and like South Carolina already threatened to secede in like the 1830s and that he doesn't want to tip the balance in the Senate between like free states and slave states and so if he's to annex Texas it would cause like a huge stink and he's like I'm not I'm not fucking with it right now I can't afford to as we we know on the streets being pussy that's how basically we know. Yeah, he, he was he was like no stance. I'm just gonna take no stance. I'm on my way out. You guys you guys figure it out. Like I'm old. And then five days after this, something that happens in Houston's personal life, December thirteenth, this guy Robert McEwen, who's like one of the old boys from Tennessee, he writes Houston saying that his ex wife Eliza now wants him back. That she scorned him so uh-huh. long ago, and now she's like, oh, now that you're president of, of the new Republic of Texas, yeah, maybe we can work things out, you know? What do you say we, uh, what do you say we give another go? And Houston just doesn't, doesn't reply. Let like, that girl it. on red, dog. Basically, that's, that's, do. that's exactly what he did. And that's yes. a moment that we all want, you know what I mean? You, hey, how uh-huh. dare you leave mm-hmm. me? How yep. dare you leave me? I'm a man, yep. all right? You come back, it's, you come crawling. Don't come crawling back over here. Nope, I'm done with you. It's it's kind of universally acknowledged that whoever sends the last message loses. Yeah, right. That's how, that's she how sends works. the last message. You lost, and she lost. Yeah, you know I mean, you know, it's like, nope, I'm not, I'm not. You had your chance. You decided to be like a shallow little 19 year old, which I mean, most 19 year olds are pretty shallow. You so can tell. Can, you can tell all Henry's relationships her, are healthy. Also, you can tell all your relationships <laughs> are you healthy. <laughs> I don't know about all of them. <laughs> So on March 2nd of 1837, U.S. Senate recognizes Texas. It passes 23 to 30, uh, 23 to 22, just to show you how like split the vote was. And one of Jackson's last acts as president was to recognize Texas before he's out of office. And then Martin Van Buren comes in. Racist recognize f- racist. You know what I mean? That's right, man. He, <laughs> he pulls, pulls him up. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> One of the first things that Houston has to deal with is getting an allotment for the Creek Indians because the Creek Indians are in are in contact with Houston and they're asking him if they can settle on Texas land. And they they want a frontier area between Mexico and Texas. And they said to Houston that if he gave them one, they would basically engage in like covert war against Mexico or not covert war, but active war against Mexico that they would like launch raids against the Mexicans if they were allowed to settle on, on Texas land. And Houston seriously considers it for a second. He's like, eh, that might, that might be all right. You know, that might, that might do a lot, but he's like, also, he also doesn't want Mexico to reinvade. So he's like, eh, we'll, we'll talk about it. He kind of like, he tables it for, for now. So in late April, the Texas government, it moves to this new, the, the Texas government, like the capital of Texas, it moves to this new city called, Houston. Yeah. And it's financed by New York stockbrokers. And Houston gets there and it's like, you know, it's doing all right. And Houston, he's like the life of the party here where he's like, you know, Texas is is 
resplendent in its own glory, I guess, uh-huh. where they're celebrating their fresh victory, and it's like April. It's one year to the day since they beat Santa Ana, and Houston is just, he's a bachelor, and he's just getting like shit faced at mean, every party he goes to. He's just like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drink it up, man. I'm a, I'm a live. How can you not be a bachelor and be killing it when the city's named after you? I know, right? That's what I'm like. Hey, Look, where you are right now? Yeah. I'm him. You see all I'm, this around I'm, there? I'm, I'm the guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I am Houston. Yeah, you ever, what a name. Where did it come from? Oh, yeah, that's me. The other, like, you got to walk in the buildings like, yeah, where you guys, wait, where's this building at? What street? Fannin. Where's that at? Fannin? In what city? Houston? Oh, my city. Houston? Oh, <laughs> like, oh wait. Fannin's just some guy who got killed, but Houston... I'm right here, man. Okay, I'm right I mean, here. Yeah, I mean, you don't got shit on the dead homies though. But that'd be cool That's... if you were just like, you didn't <laughs> like them, and you're like, yeah, that dude's fucking dead. But where's his street at? Oh, it's in my city. I mean, I... he gave a street to like all his buddies. Like yeah. a lot of the streets around Houston are named after like his like guys who served in the text, like Rusk Street yeah. or Fannin or... Street, and then you got like all like Polk yeah. and all the other ones, and like Jefferson and and all that. But like West Little York, still... That's just after. It... Yeah, yeah, that's it's after in... a dude. Who got dysentery and shot himself and died in the Texas Revolution? People don't know that. People Put it happened. Do you don't know that? It's now. I made it up, but wouldn't we love to have that as a fact in Texas history classes? I'm 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 proposing that we all vote next year to get that fact added uh-huh. to the Texas history book. Little York, this is just a Houston Houston fun. Nobody outside of this yep. is gonna ever get this. <laughs> and I'm just realizing now there's there's like three people in Australia going uh-huh. we're now at three uh-huh. people in Australia and that person's just, going just scratching their heads. What? <laughs> <laughs> Things aren't all good for Texas, however. On May fifth, Sam Houston has to address the Texas Congress and because there's this issue that like slaves are being stockpiled in Cuba for importation into Texas to where there were like smugglers trying to and like Sam Houston's whole position was that importation was against the laws and customs of Texas, Great Britain, and the United States. And he couldn't really do anything about it because I don't think they had like a super strong navy at this time. But he invited either Great Britain or the US Navy to blockade the traffic. And Texas's whole position on slavery, as far as like the Constitution is concerned, is that you could not import slaves into Texas unless they had been held legally in a state prior to. But there was like a really easy loophole in this, in that you could just like you could just transport all of your slaves to Louisiana and then falsify the paperwork, and then just you know they just hop across the Sabine River and 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 they're in. You know how this is written in Texas history books? It's just written as if as if Houston doesn't like slavery. Yeah, that, yeah, that's <laughs> like, face, that's uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of a lot of lot of face saving, a lot of a yeah, lot like, of shoving shit under the rug, yeah. just like yeah, instead of exploring the complexity. When he just was like, "Yo, I don't like that type of slavery. I like slavery uh-huh. where you follow the rules, yep, and imprison black people." I'm I all like about that. that, that. <laughs> That that conservative slavery, yeah. you know that old. I don't want this that free old dick, this free dick just wagging dick out here. Slavery where you just you just free trade slavery. Nope. Nope. I'm for nope. I'm for There's regulated a... slavery. That's what he's for. Regulated. That's what That's he was right. for. This is how his history like books this. are lying to you. <laughs> <laughs> most of yeah, most of, they're written by somebody, you know. 
So the next two years, 1837 to 38, uh, he spends his presidency trying to get international recognition from Great Britain and France and also avoid a war with Mexico. And he's like frequently struggling with the Texas Congress as far as like, you know, getting a settlement for the Native Americans and economic issues and all that stuff. And then in September of 1838, there are these new national elections. This They get a new president. Is, is He's a San Jacinto vet named Mirabu Lamar. And December, this is one of my favorite stories about Sam Houston, is on December 10th of 1838. This is Lamar's inauguration as president. And Houston, he always had, like, uh, he, he loved to dress up, and he was very theatrical. And he shows up dressed as George Washington, and Lamar is supposed to give a speech after Sam Houston because you go you go outgoing before incoming. And Houston, again, dresses George Washington, just filibusters and gives like a four-hour speech. And Lamar just like leaves and he just has an aide leave his speech. I'm pretty sure Sam Houston would have got beat the fuck up in regular Houston now. <laughs> You're going to dress <laughs> probably, up in, probably, a, yeah. in, a, in a George Washington costume. Like, that was a fucking nerd. It would just be like, there's a lot yeah. of people in football, in football fucking jackets. Letterman's yep. just fucking beating the shit out. Fucking just theater like nerd. For I sure. founded this place. Yeah, no, I don't care, I'm nerd. The guy. <laughs> I don't care, nerd. Give me, get in my camera. I'm going to run you over. I don't know. <laughs> like, but on, on another point, like, you got to respect the light, you know? And he just did, it's like the guy after you, you know who he is. You don't fucking like him. You know he's also not going to do anything. You're just like, no, I'm going to do, I'm going to do 10 more minutes. I've already been given the light. I don't give a shit. I'm going to keep fucking going because this crowd loves me. I just and they know, don't love the guy after me. I just know he was angry about being replaced by a dude named Mirabu. Like, oh, probably. Yeah. For Mirabu, sure. Mirabu, sure. like, what is that? Where Mirabu. does that even come from? Where does uh, that even probably, come from? Probably French, it's, but it's yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. I know he that's was, not that's not that's not to his credit, you know. No, French. He, yeah, he was probably sitting there like, I know it's not Texas. I know it doesn't come from Texas, and then somebody was like, Yeah, uh-huh. they're like French people in like Texas also. He's like, No, 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 no. Ain't no Mirabu's around here. What's what's that? Ain't no what's, mir- not. What's what's that? A car? Is he a Mirabu? Is that is that new type of car? That's a new type of Subaru. You're just Hyundai like, new Subaru Mirabu. Yeah, the, the Subaru Mirabu. That's what that is. Particularly built. You at least got that parallel with the ooh noises, you know? Yeah, you know I mean, particularly built for the liberals. You know what I mean? That's what he's trying yep. to do. He's trying to get yep. jokes off and yep. they weren't working. And everybody was just like, yep. yeah, I think it's a good name, dude, because it's 18. Very, very, very economically friendly. You know, yeah. it's got the, like the, the, the hybrid. It's a hybrid. It's yeah. got the dual engine. It's part electric, part diesel. So you're, you know, you're not, you're reducing your carbon footprint. Mir- Mir- uh, the Mirabu Subaru. Um, only sold in places where uh, people know who Jill Stein is. That's there you go. That's a deep cut. Yeah, that's a deep cut a, for all my a, liberals a, out there, all my Green Party people go. throwing away your vote, big dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a copy of Mother Jones in the passenger Ooh, side dashboard yeah, with Mirabu with Subaru. every with every Mirabu Subaru. Yeah, you I get mean, you get a, your own issue. You know, it's always it's preset. All the presets are NPR. Always there you NPR. Go. You can't can't escape NPR. You know, it's always it's always there. Yeah, you know I mean, it's mad. It's mad. Just mad. Just frontline documentaries. You they, get a free mm, subscription mm, to Frontline by PBS. You know what I mean, with every Mirabu Subaru, every Mirabu Subaru, Mirabu Subaru, made for made for you, and the you like his hands. And the U is hands, and then there's like a heart in the middle of the U, because it's yep. made for you. It's just a, 
it's just a stress ball. It's just a heart-shaped stress ball, if, and you squeeze it to show you're soft. If, damn it! If you knit, if you knit, you know what I mean, crochet, mm-hmm. whatever, both mm-hmm. of them. I don't care yep. about either yep. of them. You buy a Mirabu yep. Subaru. That's for you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you have feelings, <laughs> come on, dog. Mirabu Subaru, Mirabu all Subaru. for you. You got a blue. You got a Bluetooth hookup for your feelings. Yeah. As a matter of fact, you know that's, I mean? it's it's nice. If you're the so- newest model, if you care about where you get your goods from, come on, Mirabu Subaru. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You better eat all the. If salt you like bring your stuff. own bags yeah. to the grocery store, yeah. Mirabu Subaru. You know that's I mean? that's for you. you know what I mean, that's if for you, you. If you if you if you want to. If you want to get black people out of jail for 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 marijuana crimes, but yet uh-huh. you don't know any black people personally yourself, there you go, Mirabu mm-hmm. Subaru. That's for you, mm-hmm. big dog. Mirabu, Mirabu Subaru. Subaru. You know what I mean? If you are upset over the size of chickens uh, now compared to ten years ago because of all the GMOs that we pump into them that break their little legs, Mirabu Subaru. That's Mirabu that's Subaru. for you. But if you also um, yeah, man, I'm tired of this bit, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was kind of wondering, like, how long can we keep this keep this hot potato yeah, going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, after this, Houston, he's not president anymore. He goes into business for himself. He wants to develop a town at Sabine Pass, and so he like travels the U.S. kind of looking for funding. And this is in the in the summer of 1839. He's in Mobile, scrounging for money, Mobile. and he makes the Mobile. Mobile? Mobile. Mobile. You gotta say Mobile, right? Mobile. Because it just sounds like a feisty place. <laughs> Mo- Mobile. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, like you know, Mobile, if you have Alabama. Gout, if you have gout, you have you know, mobile, mm-hmm. right? You have mobile in your in your liver or whatever. You know. No, I always think when I think about Mobile, I always think about a black dude just saying Mo Money, Mobiles. Mo Money. <laughs> that's, that's literally. I don't know yeah. why. I have no clue. I like oh, Mobile better in, than Mo- Mobile. Yeah, in, that's better. In Mobile is also where remember that that viral video about the the leprechaun in the tree. Like no. it's a bunch of it's like black people in the hood talking about the there's a leprechaun and like that's where that came from. That's a whole different thing. It's a very okay. very it's it's a, it's a video. It's yo who was on he was on the okay. internet in two thousand nine. Big dog, come on. <laughs> oh, there you go. I was I was miss missed that train. And so while in Mobile, he makes the acquaintance of a Martin Lee, and that's L-E-A, is immediately attracted to his daughter, Margaret Lee, and he proposes to her and she accepts. They're married in May of 1840, and she kind of becomes like his rock. You know, she's the one who like helps him get sober and like keeps him together. And frequently, like in, during Houston's later career, Houston would be like away in D.C. or, or away in Austin, which becomes the, the new capital and uh, Margaret would just be basically at the house, just chilling. And she like never accompanied him to the seat of power. And so he was frequently like away and like missing the birth of his children and all that. And she was just left to like hold down the house. But it's it's kind of odd that she never wanted to accompany him to the to all these you know really prominent cool places. It seems it seems it seems like uh, to be a great person, um, you have to completely abandon your family. And come on, dog, I'm ready for greatness. Yes. That's what I'm learning. I'm ready for you greatness. Just, you, just, you turn your back, kid. Your kids will hold you back. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I'm ready for greatness. Oh. I'll leave my family right now, dog. 
Come on. There you go. Dust it upon me. Are y'all out here with with new newborns? Yeah. You see, like somebody with a newborn, just like I'm gonna do comedy, and it's like you have a child. Yeah, what man. Are you, what are you? <laughs> your ship has sailed. Hey, what are you doing? Hey, dog. Hey, dog. You wanna be? You wanna be on Leno? Throw mm-hmm. that baby in the trash can. Kill and your I, kids. Kill your kids. <laughs> you heard it here first on Hard Fried Hits. Kill your kids. They're gonna hold you, hold you back. All right, and it, better you do it than this this cruel world of I'm ours. Saying, right? Okay. At least it's in your hands. I'm not saying kill your kids, but I will say, uh, let that baby go. Let that let that baby find himself. Let that baby go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. You know. So during the the administration of Mirabu Labar, this is 39 to 41, it's not great. Like, he's known as the father of Texas education, and he, he reworks the Texas flag and makes it into what it is today. I don't know what it was before. I think it had yellow in it, and he was just like, ugh, we don't like yellow. And so he, he makes a new flag. But those are, like, his only two accomplishments. Other than that, he's very militant president. Like, there's a Cherokee War during his, his presidency, and he sends the— the infant Texas Navy over to aid rebels in the Yucatan Peninsula, which stirs up tensions between Texas and Mexico. And he also sends an expedition to Santa Fe, which is like still Mexican, but it's like a really prominent trading city at this time. And they authorize just a group of young men to go out there and try to annex Santa Fe, which is like, I don't know how many miles away. Like I wouldn't go to Santa Fe now with my Mirabu Subaru. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wouldn't go out there yeah. now. I got to go there on horseback and I'm not provisioned was and it, it's all the way the fuck over there. What the fuck are you thinking? Like Was this uh this is like a Dumb Bear Pigs? Dumb Bear Basically. Pigs? Like the, no, I yeah, mean, but was, have you seen about Dumb Bear Pigs? This it sounds like Dumb Bear Pigs. Uh-uh. You don't know about this? Yeah. I don't know about this. <laughs> so some uh some like uh some guy who is loosely affiliated with the government and like Guaido used to be a Green Beret. Uh, they uh, tried to kidnap uh, Maduro, the president of uh, of Venezuela. It's a hilarious story. Happened like two weeks ago. It's like a uh, couple Green Berets oh. fucking, they got kidnapped within like an hour. They got like, like fucking arrested within an hour and fucking went over there. <laughs> One of them had like a fake gun. It was like an airsoft gun. Um. <laughs> yeah, no, it's insane. And like, the one of the guys has like a shitty mustache. They look, look like a guy you went to high school with. Nice. So it was like always talking about like, yeah, I'm gonna join the Marines after this, and then he did, mm. and now mm. he's now he's a mercenary trying it's trying like, to bro, kidnap Maduro. You're gonna join them. You have three chins. What do you think you're doing in the? In no, the he's Marines? a skinny guy. He's a skinny oh. guy, but he was like a fucking. He just they they it, they uh, they got captured so easily. It's uh yeah, it's called Dumb Bear Pigs. Look it up. It's fun. It's a fun time. Yeah, I, I will. I right after yeah. Another thing that Mirabu does is he relocates the Texas capital from Houston to Austin. And Houston, he's pissed about this. He calls it the quote, the most unfortunate site upon earth for a seat of government. Real I mean, actually it's pretty pretty dank. I like I like I like Austin. I like that a lot too. Yeah. I mean it's pretty dang. Like I mean, like I like Austin. If 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 imagine how much more aggressive Texas would be if it wasn't Houston. Like if it's the if, if the capital wasn't Houston. Think about it. It's, it's so hot yeah, here. That's true. It's so yeah. hot. It's so sweaty. <laughs> imagine all those Republicans. It rains a lot. It's yeah. humid. Yeah. Yeah. They would they would be angry people. They would be even angrier yeah. than they are. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Probably, yeah. Yeah. I... What's weird about what's weird about Austin is is there's almost like two of them to where there's like I almost want to call it like inner city Austin where you get all like the the hipster shit and then there's like 20 minutes outside of Austin where everybody is still like super crusty and old and and mad but like country you know what you know what i mean i mean that's all that's all outside any city you i mean so houston that's you got true. a head like an hour outside of it and once you get outside of it you're like oh this is texas yeah <laughs> like, I, I got confused for a second yeah, i thought it was it was all too progressive in the city yeah. but then you get up to congo and you're like oh never mind yeah. I'm, I'm yep I, congo, I remember where i am now hempstead waller uh-huh. yeah i mean Get up there, Ugh. get uh, those, those. Willis. If you don't understand those areas, those are areas where when I go to the courthouse to get my passport, I get followed. Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna steal a passport. <laughs> like, like, sad, sad give it time. To, it's give it, yeah, it's it's a it's it takes a weird place. It's you know, a sad, you know, know. racist. It's a yep. very racist place, <laughs> and I'm gonna say it. Yeah. In December of 1941, Sam Houston is re-sworn in as president. And his next term, until 43, he's kind of negotiating with the natives. They have a compromise capital that's established between Houston and Austin called Washington on the Brazos. There's, and also in like September of 42, I think there's this Mexican-employed French mercenary named Adrian Wool. He captures San Antonio and like imprisons a few Texans. And Congress, in response to this, they assemble in Houston and they declare war on Mexico, but Houston vetoes it because he doesn't want to impede U.S. annexation. And so it isn't until February... Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, and ding, 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 it's that time again. For dead cities that could have been something. Washington on the Brazos. Boom. Boom. Brazos. And what it, happened to you? It, uh, oof, it just wasn't a shitty place. It's outside of Navasota. I've, I, <laughs> like, yeah, I've driven, I've driven past it. Like there's yeah. a, like on your way, if you're going to Five Knox from Houston, you pass like nearly by it before you exit from one highway to yeah. the other. If you keep going, you would drive like right past it. And there's not shit out there. They have like a mural. There's like the biggest thing near Washington on the Brazos. It's there's a mural on on the side of a shell station. And that's that's it. There's just like if you look at Washington on the Brazos on Google, it's just like uh, it's just like mad empty homes. Yeah, just some shacks. Just basically. Shacks. It's just shacks. Like, I mean, look, man, that wasn't a fun place. You know what I mean? Austin, Austin seems kind of like Austin's dope. A little more, there's, a little more happening. There's a lake yeah. near. There's like a weird. There's like a weird lake river. Uh-huh. I don't understand what that really is, but I know I got to pass over water to get into yeah. downtown. What does Washington on the Brazos have? Yep. It's close to Navasota. That's it. You've been to Navasota? I have. It's all right. It's all right. All I know, I'll, you know, you know, the main thing when I think when I get to Navasota. What? I am 15 to 30 minutes away from College Station. <laughs> so, finally they get an armistice signed in February of 1844. They Texas signs an armistice with Mexico, which cools tensions for a little bit. And then two months after that, there's a U.S.-Texas annexation treaty signed. But Houston is uncertain whether or not they can pass it in the Senate. And then in October, like his whole cause, it gets a much needed shot in the arm in October and November of 44 because there's the Democratic nominating nomination convention. And this guy, 
this Tennessee governor, James K. Polk, is put forward as a Democratic nominee, and he wins, mm -hmm. and he almost immediately passes annexation, which is accepted by the yeah. Texas House on July 4th of 1845. Why did they want Texas so much? You think okay, it's just so we're dank? Do we have the guns? They're like, oh, it's just it's just the land. Well, this or it was like, it was it was the land. It was probably like minerals. There's also like this is this is arguably Jackson's whole scheme of you know you got Jackson who, you know, we don't really we don't have a smoking gun whether or not Jackson was like pro Texas annexation, but I think he definitely was. And then you've got Polk and Houston who came up right underneath him and they both kind of like came up at the same time but their whole thing like polk's cabinet they wanted to split apart texas into five different states that way they could drastically tip the balance in the u.s senate like in flavor or i'm sorry in favor of of slavery and like protect the institution basically fucking fucking texas in the five states it actually is. It actually does. It's a place. It that feels like five it's, states. It's five yeah. different places. It's five different places. That's just one yeah. big place. It's yeah. You it's got, really weird how you can get all the different yeah. flavors of 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 Texas. I think we kind of described the kind of the last episode that you know the East Texas just Matthew McConaughey. That's basically Mississippi, yeah. Louisiana. Um, yeah. West Texas is. That's what was that fucking Friday Night Lights, George Bush, Midland, Odessa, yeah. like all that just yeah. oil wells and stuff. Then you yeah. got the it's like really six places. It's not yeah, it's, because then yeah. you got the Rio Grande Valley, and you got like South Texas as well with like yeah. Brownsville being almost like the Rio, functional capital. If you had to, if you had to, yeah, if yeah. you had to chop it up, it would be like Houston would be a capital. San Antonio would be a capital. Austin would, would be, be a capital. Though? Would it be Dallas though? would be a I feel capital. Like we get screwed either way. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. As far as like mineral rights are concerned, I don't know if we have we we, we have like timber in East Texas, but like you know, I mean, West Texas we really whole, really generates we have our, oil, a lot of our but business. They didn't, they didn't know about the oil. oil yet. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think that. No, they wouldn't have. I don't think. But yeah, it was. It was I think it was just a land grab to protect slavery for the most part, and just because no. it's like, yeah, we can fucking do it. You know what I mean? We can just we can annex this real quick. Why not? You know, do it. True. Very, very true. So they dissolve the Republic of Texas, and Houston and uh, this guy Thomas Rusk, who was a veteran of the, the Texas Revolution, they're both made U.S. senators. And so one of the first things that happens while he's a senator is in April of 1846, Polk orders troops from the Nueces to the Rio Grande, and so it's in kind of this ambiguous strip that is legally Mexican territory, and there's a skirmish that happens between Mexican troops and the U.S. troops, and in late April, Santa Ana declares war on the U.S., and Polk, you know, he goes to Congress, and he's like, we need to, you know, we need to go to war against Mexico. You got this claim of American blood on American soil, and it's like, but was it ever really American soil? Not. Not really. It's kind of it's it's shady, yeah. and so you get the outbreak of the Mexican American War, and for the next two years, Houston is like back and forth between D.C. and Raven Hill because he's living in he's living in Huntsville now, and he's kind of like lobbying in favor of the Mexican American War, but also like increasingly aware of growing U.S. factionalism and kind of like the the schism that's threatening to divide the country and eventually will, and he's like missing the birth of his children, and his wife's frequently ill. 
So the factionalism is kind of eventually broken by the, in the spring of 1850, you've got the compromise of that year, 1850. It's brokered primarily by Henry Clay. And it was designed to basically forestall all the tensions that were threatening to divide the Union. So here are the, here are the concessions. That you would prohibit slavery in Washington, D.C. And you would admit California as a free state. But it also slowed federal interference with like interstate slave trade and made it federal policy that any enslaved person who made it to the North, it was like the, the U.S. policy was to return them to their former masters. And another thing it did as far as like Texas is concerned is it cut Texas's territory from that like really long weird one where it had that tail that went up into like Colorado. It, it cut that territory and made it into the shape that it is now. But it also settled our, our outstanding debt of $10 million. Speaking out in favor of the compromise, I like this a lot. Houston wrote a pamphlet in support of the compromise, which he's taking like a stand against most Southerners as far as the compromise is concerned. He wrote that a, quote, a nation divided against itself cannot stand. This is his quote? Yep, this, this is a nation wow. divided okay. against itself cannot stand. And we can only wonder who got a hold of this pamphlet and was like, hmm, that's that's pretty good. You know, I might, I might, I might use that someday. I kinda like the sound of that. Everybody steals. I guess that's what you what you can't say. Everybody steals something, you know. Okay. Everybody's like, Oh, it's all right. We we recycle out here. We're just like, Oh, you use that and then you know, it's ten, it's like ten years later that Lincoln says it. Who's gonna remember by then? Most people can't even read. It's not like they're gonna read this fucking oh, pamphlet. No, like, man, you know, yeah, man. Theft used to be cool. Theft of ideas used to be cool, but now all you guys, you know what I mean? Now you guys care about what you what you create. Come on, big uh-huh. dog. You gotta care about content, being yeah. original. Yeah, I mean Take that meme. That's what I say. That's right. Without the credit. Yeah, remix that. No, (laughs) please don't do that because I'm out here creating memes. That's all I got. Please give credit to my bad tweets. My my meme page and my tweets. In my Bundesliga tweets. Give me me my credit, (laughs) all right, baby boy? Please please share. And then the tensions that were forestalled by the Compromise of 1850, they're almost completely reversed in January and February of 1854. There's this guy, Stephen A. Douglas of Illinois, and they call I think they call him the little giant. Anyway, he's a little shit. He's eager for the presidential Democratic nomination and so of 56. And so he intros a bill organizing the Kansas and Nebraska Territory, which was known as the Great American Desert. And it would allow a railroad to be built through the area that would like connect Chicago, like, you know, and he's from yeah. Illinois, to like other areas in the territory. And it would also allow the Kansas-Nebraska Territory to determine the question of slavery for themselves. Would they be free states? Would they be slave states? They can decide. Problem with this is that it would completely overturn the Missouri Compromise of 1820 and like the 3630 line or Mason-Dixon line. It would just throw it out the window. And Houston, he's opposed to this measure. He's speaking out against the act. And in doing so, he wins like universal support in the North, but is like vilified in the South. And this is where Houston really... He come, he's like so pro union that it divides him from the South. And like he, you know, but he's like invited to speak up in it, like New York and Pennsylvania and everything. And those are more his people than, than in the South. It, but is it, so why is he, why is he so against this? What does this have to do with, is it that it's upsetting this, this precious balance that he feels has already been struck? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so he's, yeah. he's just like he's like, yo, we've already. Why are you guys pushing for more slaves all the time? Or yeah, yeah, okay, all right, all right. He's more in favor of like preserving the status quo, which like almost like 
preserving the status quo for him really doesn't change anything because he just really doesn't i think you could argue that he just really doesn't want his life to change to where if like the nation goes to war like he thinks it's about to all's gonna be lost he would rather the union stay intact and like let's just forestall this looming question of slavery than like take a take a strong stance either way you know he's just like he's more like a constitutional unionist like let's just let's just leave things where they are which you could argue that it was like brave or cowardly either way kind of Oh, I think everybody who who lived during this time was cowardly, that, except for James Brown or what John Brown. James, yeah. I, no, 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 John Brown. Yeah, yeah, John yeah Brown. No, James, be, James James Brown, someone else. <laughs> yeah, no, it'd be dope if it was James John Brown. Like that's who did yeah. that. Like yeah. that's who that's who that's who did that. Would be dope if James Brown was John Brown. Come yeah, come on, dog. They just they got the common thread, you know. Yeah. So there's this, all this, this kind of question of would Houston run for president? There was this article written in April of 1856 called the New York Herald, and it publishes an article talking about the upcoming Cincinnati convention, and it's saying that people across the nation have submitted Houston's name, which was true, like Pennsylvania, New York, and I think Illinois as well put his name forward for president. And it's basically asking, like, will he run? But Houston's whole stance is he's like, I am an I am an enemy of party nominating conventions. I hate conventions. I think the people should nominate their candidates in the primaries because conventions they just devolve into into jockeying between different cliques and everything and it subverts the will of the people. So, and I just can't help but think about all this shit that's going on with like Biden versus Bernie right now to where the people have said we want Bernie, but the convention says no, you don't. You want Biden. Well, and it's like no, no, we don't. No, the people, the people said we want Biden. More people voted for Biden. Don't get me wrong, I'm a Bernie fan. Okay, but more yeah. people voted for for Biden. Um, could you argue that it was like a like a weird like a like it was a a, a politic political trick where like you know they all kind of swung and dropped out at the same time, giving their votes to Biden. And kind of kicking Bernie out of the race, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, look, yeah. yeah, they, yeah, definitely. Now, I'm, I'm more interested in the fact that, like, after this, like, Biden is a, a bad candidate. There's no other way to say yeah. he sucks. He sucks For real, so He's, much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what could happen at the like if if they just pick somebody else at like the the convention? Would you be down for that? That's the real question. I would, yeah. Is it but who is what if it was worse? Somebody worse. Eh. What if it's just Hillary eh. in a jumpsuit? She just comes out full fucking suit suit uh pants suit. She comes out like let's I'm wait, do I'm it wait, again. I'm, for, yeah. I'm like <laughs> and we're all like Oh I'd be like, Yeah, uh, fine, let's try it again. Let's uh, just try right. it again. I Why don't know not? if it's gonna work yeah, the second sure. time. But <laughs> Yep. I mean it would yeah, I if mean she just like if Biden just pulls a zipper down the middle of his forehead and out walks Hillary. Out walks and you're Hillary. like, whoa, I, I, what the yeah, fuck's if, going on? If it's Hillary and they all picked Hillary, oh my God, what a. Debbie, I would love to just see like uh, white male podcasters' heads explode. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I told you. It, it's an important thing about how just uh, what's it, what's it going to look like? Like, like the, the, how conventions like. Basically, used to run our lives and still do run our lives because, yeah. Yeah. Well, they get like nominating conventions. They're almost the, the electoral college of 
nominations, you know, of the of the primaries. Yeah. It's like, okay, we got this popular vote, but then we've also got this filter in place to make sure that you elect the right person and that we can change your vote through some just like political craftsmanship if if you don't pick who we want you to pick. And Houston was like, No, I don't I don't fuck with that. I wanna be voted as the people's candidate. I don't wanna be decided I am candidate by this convention through whatever maneuvering goes on. Well, too bad, so sad. That's not the way this fucking works. So sorry. Yep, and that's <laughs> that's why you lost. You know, that's no, why you never just, got it. Yeah, it's never. It's, look, it's over. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I like I like all seeing all the kids get their their hearts broken by politics. It's a dirty game. <laughs> yep. No, you gotta you gotta be dirty to win. And they give it to James Buchanan because I guess he was dirty enough. And after this, Houston Star kind of wanes a little bit. Like he he runs for Texas governor and loses. And he's still a senator, but now he's got diminished status because he lost. And then, like, in the background of all this, you've got the unofficial start of the Civil War mm-hmm. in Kansas and Missouri and the wars going uh, on across the border and everything. And then in, in March of 1859, he's, like, so fed up with U.S. politics that he leaves Washington for Texas for the last time. And he's reinstated by governor in August. One of the first things that he has to deal with in September of 59, there's this guy named Juan Cortina who captures Brownsville at the head of, like, a bandito squadron. And he's, like, kicking the ass of the local militia, kicking the ass of the Texas Rangers. And his whole his whole complaint is, like, you're mistreating the Mexicans that have settled here. Like, this is yeah. our land, too. We we are also Texans, but you guys don't treat us like Texans. We don't want to be – we don't want to be part of Mexico. We want to be part of Texas, but we demand respect. Yeah. And at this, at this point, they have to – the United States, they have to call in the, the U.S. Army – and they're under Colonel Robert E. Lee at this time. So this is what he's doing like immediately before the Civil War. He's called in to put down the insurrection. And he talks to Houston in Austin because he's a distant cousin of Margaret's. I think it's like due to a spelling of the name. No. It's where Lee is L-E-E and Margaret is L-E-A. But probably it got like corrupted or changed mm-hmm. over the course of time. No, I mean, I think, if I, I think if you're from the South, I think you're all related. And I think you were doing some cousin fucking. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It was, I mean, yeah. It's a, uh, yeah. That's good. Pretty unabashed about it. That's <laughs> why. That's why the name changed. One of the more, one of the more interesting things about this visit is that Houston's meeting with Lee, and Houston's basically saying like, "Hey, man, I might be made president in the race of 1860 because he's still he's still hanging on to this dream." Yeah. And he's like, "If I'm president of the United States, I am going to make establishing a U.S. protectorate over Mexico a priority of my administration." And if I do so, because he thinks that this will forestall the Civil War, because they would just have like a big distraction, basically. Yeah. And he asked Lee, he's like, "Hey, how would you like to be provisional governor of of Mexico once we once we conquer that shit, huh? What do you think?" And Lee's like, "Ah, I, I'll think about it, man. I guess I don't really think it'll happen. I don't know." But none of this happens. In November 6th of 1860, Lincoln is elected president, and you've got, like, the imminent dissolution of the Union. And, like, Houston is, again, like an adamant Unionist. He was going to run, I think, for the Constitutional Union Party. The next major thing that happens is March 15th of 1861, the Texas legislator, they swear an oath of loyalty to the Confederacy. Like, the split has finally happened. Secession is imminent. And part of this, this thing that they vote on is that all the government re- officials are required to do so, including Houston. And so the very next day, they call Houston to the floor of the Texas House, and they say, hey, take the oath, and he refuses to do so. He's uh, like, I don't fuck with the Confederacy. I'm not about it. 
and they like nullify his governorship as a result. They're this, like, okay, well, this is where Texas is going. If you're not going with us, you're not governor anymore. Okay. And boom, they strike him out. Okay, I was and I was always wondering like where we were where we got this idea that Sam Houston was like a decent a decent fucking dude. And yeah, it's little snippets in and out there. He's like creative yeah. dude. He likes to fucking dress up in theater shit. He fucking yeah. drinks a lot. He's a fun guy. He's the high life of the party. He fucks a lot of women. You know what I mean? He's doing a lot yeah. of things. But then once you get down to here when he's just like, yeah, I'm not going to mess with the Confederacy. I guess that's where he kind of becomes the secondary hero in a post-construction, yeah. like a, po- a reconstruction phase. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you're, yeah. you're, you're looking to, to drag up Southern heroes and people who took a stand yeah. against the South, okay. just like, kind of the same thing that you do in Germany where you look at like, you look, you, you, you make heroes out of all the people who did not go into, you know, into the third Reich basically. Yeah. And you, you start scrounging for those people and you're like, Oh, well this person isn't so bad. And you kind of like buff them a little bit and chip off or like, you know, get rid of some of the dust and all that. Yeah, man, the third Reich, uh, different story for a different day. But, uh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I might have might have been stretching there, but same 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 basic. No, I mean idea. they they have their things like the Valkyrie guy and the um yeah who yeah. else do they got and the guys who like smuggle Jews out of Germany and okay. all that. It's like let's look at them as opposed. Let's to, not run through that list because that list start when that list gets short, it gets sad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in late March of 1861, one of the more interesting episodes is like right after he has his governorship nullified, he receives two letters from Lincoln himself, basically offering Houston. He says, hey, Houston, um, if you take a stand and you declare part of Texas pro-union, I will give you 50,000 union troops. And, you, you know, you can be headquartered in Indianola, which is like southwest of Houston, kind of along the, the Gulf of Mexico. Houston, the like city, right not just southwest of Houston. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Of the, of, the, of the city itself. And at first, he refuses the first letter, but he seriously considers the second, basically because it has like specifications. And he's like, should we do this? Should we just split Texas wide the fuck open? Have Have part of Texas be Confederate, part of Texas be Union, and just see like where the chips fall. I could be commander again. I could, yeah. you know, and, he, and this is kind of like an old man trying to remain desperate, but I guess that's, he like considers that he's too old and he's like, no, I can't, I can't do this. But he was also like, you know, at this point he's almost 70. You yeah. I mean? He's, he's pretty fucking old and he's got, he's got like a pretty large family now. So he's got other things that he's got to think about. So on April 12th of 61, you got Fort Sumter and the opening of the civil war. And Houston is like, He's torn because he, he wants to stay in the union, but he also supports the democratic process and like his home and, you know, his adopted state of Texas and that like he was such a Jacksonian that he was going to follow the people. And he's like, if this is the people's will, I guess this is what we're doing. And like, you know, the next two years, his health is kind of starting to fail. On July 3rd and 4th of 1863, you've got Vicksburg and Gettysburg and then, you know, the Civil War, it, it's about not about to close, but like the tide has turned. Yeah. And then later that same month, Houston dies of severe pneumonia at his estate. And he dies seeing the country he loved torn in two and with the belief that Texas would, would also soon fall. Okay. Wow. Well, it's been Sam Houston. Henry, you got anything you learned from Samuel Samuel Houston? That's what I'm calling him now. Full name. Uh 
um, uh, your family's gonna hold you back. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I just thought it was all like <laughs> up to the Texas Revolution was real interesting, and I just, I just love all the little conspiracies that yeah. were going on behind the scenes and all the, all the stuff that you never heard. like. I didn't know that Lincoln ever offered Houston troops or that Houston, that there was a serious candidacy for Houston yeah. as as president. Like that's pretty crazy. You know, you don't, you don't really hear that in the textbooks either. Yeah. What'd you, what'd you learn? Ah, man, I, I think it's, I think it's, what I learned is just kind of why we think, because in Texas, like, oh, people go Sam Houston was like, it, you, you, he's kind of portrayed as a really good guy. And I didn't know why. I was like, I was like, I'm pretty sure he owned slaves. I'm pretty sure he did a bunch of weird stuff. I'm pretty sure he wasn't a great guy. And then I know I'm from Texas Revolution. And then like this kind of broke it down for me. And I'm starting to realize, man, all you need is two good moments in life. That's all you need, That's man. all you need. You only need two and good moments. People, <laughs> people will talk about those for hours. Yeah, they'll make them very good moments. And not mention any of the other shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, like Wu-Tang defining Clan. Defining moments. It's like Wu-Tang yeah. Clan. Like, they, had, they have a couple of good albums. Mm-hmm. A lot of great solo projects. Uh-huh. But are you checking for the new Method Man thing? But was Method Man a fucking legend? Yes. Raekwon the Chef, a legend. Ghostface, a legend. But are you checking for their new stuff like you were? No, man, because they had two or three good no. things. They, had two or they three... fell off. Okay, hey, man, mm-hmm. keep your Wu-Talk down because the Wu-Tang okay. is still out here. You're right. And they're okay. on every They'll corner because there's like literally uh, maybe thousands of millions, maybe, maybe millions of members. Wu Tang Clan, very serious organization. I don't want to piss off this group. This sounds like a very, very robust subsection of American society. I mean, I and, a, and I most of them, alienate them, most of them, most of people who are like ride with the Wu Tang pretty hard are white dudes named Dave. Yeah, and, wear and the, offices. the sweater and everything yeah. with the Wu Tang Christmas Just sweater. Yep. Bump it in the Camry, hella hard. Mm-hmm. Or in the Subaru, or in the Mirabu Subaru. Or in the Mirabu Subaru. In the man. Mirabu Subaru. You know what I mean? Maybe the Mirabu Subaru outside of uh, that weird town in Arkansas that disappeared that we talked about. What if we just, Washington. Washington, Arkansas. You know what I mean? Yep. It's all about all these things. You know what I mean? Wu Tang Clan. Sam Houston, forever, dog. That's right. I don't know. I'm, I'm not wrapping this up well. <laughs> it's okay. I feel like I feel like we did it. He yeah, died. He died. It's all everybody good. dies. Everybody I don't dies. know. I don't know if you guys know listening to this uh, podcast or have figured it out. Hey, no, 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 don't go. No, no, no. We're gonna end. end. <laughs> we're gonna end the podcast. Uh, this has been hard for our history. You can find us at uh, HFH Podcast on Twitter, Hard Fight History on Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Henry, where can they find you uh-huh. on social media? Henry E. Price on Instagram. Uh, just Joshua B. Stokes. Look me up. I'm everywhere. It's sad. You know what I mean? I'm everywhere. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. We'll uh, talk to you next time. Thank you guys for listening. This has been part two of uh, Sam Houston. This is part two and the finale. We'll see you next time. Yep. Peace. Take care.